This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, what does black Muslim erasure look like when it comes from other black people? And people been lying on social media, but are we lying less now that the Rona got us reflecting on life? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Yo. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> what's up? Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing much. Chilling at the crib, unlike other people. Motherfuckers is outside. Motherfuckers is outside. Like, like the death toll is not rising, yo. Motherfuckers is outside. Motherfuckers gathered for Mother's Day. <laughs> Motherfuckers are like... I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We're not on the same page. I'm gonna have to let it go. But um, people are outside. It's getting warmer, like in like in packs. Yeah, they like don't. not not six feet apart. They don't. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I have to. I have to let it go. They're not giving no fucks. I'm very upset about it too, especially mm. because I've experienced death, and I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck? Do y'all? Yeah. They're not gonna care until someone mm. you knows passes. Like that's how it feels. What the fuck? That's how it feels. I don't really get it. I don't really get it, but yeah. whatever. All right. Welcome, Welcome to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. We are two women's race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacists, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen and Jay. Ow. Right. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social meds. We like it. We retweet it. And then you can find other folks that listen to T with Queen and J on that hashtag. We also like if you use the hashtag pod in, and that is a now listening hashtag that allows other people to know that you are listening to T with Queen and J. Also, speaking of social meds, we are on them. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Tea with QJ. And we're also on Facebook and Tumblr. And you can just search for Tea with Queen and J. You can also send us your T-mail, your questions, your comments, and mundane or serious shit. You can send all that stuff to Tea with Queen and J at gmail.com. Yes. We want a letter. <laughs> <laughs> This is a spot of tea episode. This is an episode with less than your usual segments. It's just less formatted. Same great show, same great topics, less formatting since we are a team of two. It just makes it easier to produce a show. Word. We're about to get into libations, but I'm going to tell you what those are. Libations are where we pour some for the homies, the people, places, and things that give us black ass joy, the ancestors, all of that shit. Is who and why we pour libations. Jay, what are your yeah. libations for this week? I'm pouring libations for the grapevine. For those of you who don't know, the grapevine is a black panel, I guess, talk show that's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the most recent episode that I was on, we discussed the uh, murder of Ahmad Arbery and police brutality. I have to say, sometimes when talking about white vigilantism and terrorism against black folks 
I'm often frustrated when we start talking about like what we should do or how we can fix it or what are the solutions when we're talking amongst black people when the real solution is for white folks to stop killing black people when that's, yeah. that's the solution. That's, and I really mm-hmm. want uh, our co-conspirators or people who consider themselves allies or use that language. I really want those people to take the burden of stopping this shit Mm-hmm. And stopping the white people who uh, they have access to from investing so heavily in the oppression of black folks. Yeah. And so while that this was a conversation on the grapevine that we had amongst one another as black people, I think it's important that white folks watch mm-hmm. to uh, expand the amount of information that they have as they arm themselves and prepare themselves to fight their racist relatives. Their racist uh-huh. friends and other yeah. people who are invested in the oppression of black people. Mm-hmm. Because I think while there are things that we can do as black folks in like in protest, I think that this really has to do with white people and white people need to stop killing black people. So I'm pouring libations to Grapevine for having the conversation. So it's an interesting episode if you want to check it out. But really, my intention of bringing this up is I know that we have white listeners. Yeah. So. Watch it. Share it with your white friends. Take mm-hmm. from it what you think you can use in order to fight against white supremacist patriarchal capitalism in order to help prevent some of this foolishness that you benefit from, white word, people. Word. So, yeah. So, I agree. I just want to add that it's important for, if you're saying you're a co-conspirator or an ally, if you use that language, it's important for you to know what black folks are talking about. And Jay Orphan is just for y'all to know what the fuck we're talking about, how we feel about these things. Because you can't be a co-conspirator if you don't even know what we're talking about when it comes right. to this shit. Right. So, like, yeah, watch the episode. I enjoyed it. Jay did her thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, watch that shit, y'all. So I'll leave the link to that episode of Grapevine in the show notes. And be sure to check it out. Queen, what are you pouring libations for this week? I'm pulling libations for a Twitter account that I stumbled upon over the weekend that really had me laughing and stuff. Um, and I needed to laugh. I actually experienced another COVID death in my family. So mm-hmm. it was nice to find, I'm like all about mindless entertainment. The right. stuff that is just like, I don't have to think about, just like look at it and laugh and shit. So mm-hmm. somehow I came across this Twitter account that's called No Context. Dr. Umar, <laughs> and it's basically just a bunch of, well, Dr. Umar, for those who don't know, Dr. Umar is a, um, he calls himself the most popular Pan-Africanist mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. who he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a, I, I don't know, who the fuck would you call him? I would call Dr. Umar to use the appropriate language and not get into slang terminology quite yeah. yet. Yeah. I would call Dr. Umar a... He is one of those people who is so pro-black that they're anti-black. Yes. He's so pro-black that he is on some white supremacy shit. He's so pro-black that he is anti the equal personhood of black women, anti... He's very not cis. anti. He's homophobic. Yeah, he's very he's cis, transphobic, head, straight centered when it comes to his blackness. Right, right, right. He understands blackness as black people are men and women are white. So that's his. I would yeah. say that that's that's a part of his line of belief. And then the slang term for that to sum it all up is that he is a hotep, king hotep. 
king, the most popular pan Africanist. Right, right. So I think I think that he gives he's one of the people that gives Pan Africanism a bad name because a lot of people associate their only understanding or their only interaction with Pan Africanism is via a character like Doctor Umar or the other Ashy one. Yeah, who we shall not mention. We mm-hmm. only mentioned one Ashy episode, so right, we won't mention that one. Yes, exactly. So I found this page, and it's just a bunch of clips of him, like out of context, and they're like mm-hmm. small clips that are probably like at the most ten seconds, <laughs> and they're all like, "This person is a character," especially mm-hmm. when you have no context to why the fuck he's saying the sentence he's saying. Right. He is a very animated. Silly, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. self-righteous individual. Yeah. And now that he's at the point where, as far, as far as black folks are concerned, he's been someone who has been around for a really long time. So it's like now he's come full circle where now we don't even take him as seriously as someone Thank to God. counter. So now he's memeable at this point. Right, right, right. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's just funny to just see these clips on my timeline of him just just saying silly things out of context. Mm-hmm. I don't feel because they as... were they were silly in context. Yeah, but now to hear them out of context, out of context it just adds silly, an extra uh, layer of fun. And then it's less like anger for me because I don't I can't I'm not connecting it to whatever the context actually was before. Mm-hmm. Where in my mind I would debate it because I know the context. Now I don't know the context. I could just be like, <laughs> this, this look at this fool, <laughs> right? so yeah so that is what i'm pulling libations for whoever started that account they say they are a black person and then they do also like promote black business and stuff like that on that page Mm. because it's highly popular dr umar actually blocked the page yes (laughs) celebration that's how you know it's legit right exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah i will have the link to that in the show notes but like i said it's at no context doctor just dr not the whole word umar u-m-a-r yes i had an ex named umar too so it's just funny okay yeah extra level of black joy for you (laughs) it's just funny what do you think about, because I've been thinking about this lately. I didn't know about this particular Twitter account, but mm-hmm. his clips of him in response to other stuff, like people have been using his little phrases and little video clips and gifs of him in I response to shit. And it, right. It's been comical. <laughs> I've been enjoying it. But like, is there something negative about this brand of toxic figure being turned into a like there's something sometimes there's something endearing about a memeable jiffable buffoon mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like is there something dangerous about this brand of buffoon becoming this memeable i'm not sure probably in time i'll start to see that but for right mm-hmm. now i'm just laughing at it Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. right yeah right now it's just something that i find funny i'm not right. like, really thinking further than that Mm-hmm. but probably i support that i support mm-hmm. that i always find it funny but then in the back of my head i'm like wait a minute because he's on my list of enemies mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see yeah we'll see what happens with it mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. like i'm a person who's fine with laughing at my enemies because that's what i do in real life anyway it's like laugh at them so mm-hmm. it's not like a huge deviation like i can hate right. you and laugh at you and he's still not endearing to me he's still mm-hmm. a violent person now we're laughing at him also i want to add that i think like 
honestly, like I'm at mm-hmm. a point where I think all oh, like cis hat men are dangerous <laughs> and <laughs> and can't be trusted and are enemies uh-huh. anyway. Honestly, right. um. So yeah, I'm, I'm just like I think uh, think all of them are feds. So, what is me laughing at another one? Like, mm-hmm. you know, doing, you know. I feel you. As long as we're laughing at him and not with him, then it's cool. Yeah, and I just want to say that that account is for African folks only. <laughs> <laughs> That's something he says often, Bob, but not Facts. seriously. We can laugh at him. Yeah, not white black. people don't don't start using. That's his not a stuff that's as not a part of your wheelhouse. That's no, our shit. Leave that alone. Don't have all the information. You know, okay, we can laugh at him. Y'all can. Mm-hmm. You know how you do that with family? Like I could, I could make fun of my sister. But yeah, but y'all can't play. That's yeah, y'all can't play with that. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's for the for the black folks. What you can do, mm-hmm. okay, is watch the grapevine. Yes, that's I'll what put you the do. Link to that in the show notes. Yes, and you can share just, this podcast. I was gonna say something deep. It looked like you had your conspiracy fingers. You know, oh my god, <laughs> you know those fingers you do when you about to. <laughs> no, I use those fingers for evil as well. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. So this is the part of the show where we talk about donations. As always, now during quarantino. Quarantino, yeah, quarantino. We know that this time now more than ever. That's one of the phrases that I hate. I know. We know that now, more than ever, in times like these. I hate this generation. Shut up. Okay. This generation, that's not a quarantine reference. That's not a I, coronavirus I reference. I just hate that. I just hate that reference. I just, <laughs> I just, I just we're talking about things we hated. No. Talk about things we hate related to that Rona stuff oh. that marketing people are using, language marketers hate, are using. I hate all moment. of the quarantine commercials. Mm-hmm. Like no, they're it. terrible. They're oh, okay. One of the ones I hate is there's a car commercial. The roads are opening back up. <laughs> As, no, they're not. <laughs> No, they're not opening back up. There shouldn't be. Don't they encourage were never, this. But roads were never closed. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. No one was like, don't drive on the 505. Like, it's weird. They were it's not weird. closed. No one said it's stay weird. off for of I-90. Well. No one said that. They, was, they were still open. Now more We than were ever. just home. Well, supposedly. Everybody should still be at home. But anyway, my mm-hmm. point is... There are some of us who were struggling before coronavirus. There are some of us who are just starting to get familiar with the struggle now mm-hmm. during coronavirus. Yeah. Some of us are doing fine. Some of us are prospering. Wherever you fall, please know that you, you do not have to donate to TV with Queen J podcast. We are all going through the same shit. We're in it together. So yep. please don't feel like we are asking Ooh, other people. <laughs> what happened? I hate that too. We're in this together. We're in this together. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> we are, but like, leave me alone. Right. My point is, as a black ass creator, yes. I do not see myself in more distress or uh, financial need than I see a lot of our listeners yep. who are also dealing with financial yes. stress and yep. need and also did not pay their rent this month. I am not, I don't think that I am out here alone struggling. That's my point. So Yeah, I know your point. Right, 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 right. It just brought me back to a place. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. So if you got it, cool. We're talking to you who got it. If you don't got it, don't sweat it. 
And we appreciate you anyway. It's a lot of non-monetary ways that you can support Tea with Queen and J podcast yep. if you have the spoons to do so. Queen, please tell folks how and why they should donate to Tea with Queen and J podcast. Donate now, to tea. more than ever, because <laughs> times in this like these. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, donating to Tea with Queen and Jay helps sustain this podcast, progress this podcast, and keeps the lights on for this motherfucking podcast. Podcast. You can donate by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, and then you can just slide down on our homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can put however much you want in the pot, however many times you want to come and put some coin in there. We welcome you. There's no commitment there. And our next option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. We are asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is up to you. That is to your discretion. We give you options. We are option-giving ass bitches. But we ask for $2 a month. That is something that helps sustain this podcast. So those are the two monetary ways that you could donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. We also have ways that you could donate to Tea with Queen and Jay that do not cost you a dime. Not one damn red cent. Okay. And that is by... One, subscribing to this podcast, whatever app, whatever thing, service you're using to listen to podcasts on, subscribe, hit that button that makes it so we pop up in your feed every week. That is very, very helpful to us. Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whichever app you're using to listen. Please give us a star, give us a heart, give us a nice comment so that other folks can have that kind of cosign that we pop in. And it also helps the algorithm and we pop up in similar podcast feeds and all of that shit, all that stuff works through algorithms so you help when you do that tag us in a post anytime you have those posts on instagram or twitter where someone is like i'm looking for a podcast just tag us in those you guys do that a lot and we appreciate that so keep doing that it's really really dope when you do that if you are a, a writer at a publication or anything like that, feature me and Jay, you know, put us in there, you know, um, and let people know that you love this podcast. All them podcast lists that people produce and add us to, we're grateful for that. If you could do that again, or if you listen and you're making a list now, add us to that shit. Another way that you can help Tea with Queen and Jay is by teaching someone how to listen to a podcast. There are still thousands millions of people who don't access podcasts and it's probably because they don't know how so just teach someone how to listen to a podcast and i'll increase their chances of finding tea with queen and jay if you'd like to sponsor tea with queen and jay podcast if you'd like to advertise with us if you'd like to hear your ad on tea with queen and jay t-mail us at tea with queen and jay at gmail.com if you'd like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, womanism, black feminism, black hair, or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us individually, we've included our Amazon wishlist links in the show 
notes. We understand that a lot of folks do not fuck with Amazon on any level. Please do not feel pressured to support us via Amazon. If you don't fuck with Amazon, that is totally fine. We ask that if you do fucks with Amazon, if you do use Amazon, if you do purchase any items from our wish list, that you respect any Amazon worker blackout dates. There are often days in which Amazon workers are striking because Amazon is the axis of evil and they treat their workers poorly. We ask that you check the social media do your googles and make sure that the day that you intend on shopping amazon for yourself or for others is not an amazon worker blackout day so we got some donation libations this week we got a few new patreon subscribers thank you so much to karis thank you Erin is a new patron and Erin says, Hey, Queen and Jay, excited to become a patron of yours. All the love from up here in Canada. You are insightful and hilarious and I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much, Erin. Janetta. I wanted to say a boot. A boot. A boot. A boot. I learned that from Degrassi. Thank you. I don't know much about that. But thank you so much, Erin. Janetta is a new patron. And Janetta says, hey, Queen and Jay, I love your podcast so much. I would most likely lose my mind if I didn't get to listen during the Ronas. I live in Iowa. Fuck. It's super white and sometimes pretty awful, but I look forward to feeling seen and heard every Tuesday. Major props to you two. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Janetta. Thanks, Janetta. That's a part of why we do this shit, yo. Word, word. We fucking do this. And it, it helps our sanity because we're in this it together. Really <laughs> we're in this t- in times like this. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, so I'm going to get into our PayPal donations. We have PayPal donations from John, Sydney, Bernadette, and Jared. Jared says, when Queen and Jay told y'all they were rolling back on affirmative action. That's right. That's what that was one of those. Okay. I was like, oh. That's I'm, one of those. Like, they told y'all. We did. they'd be on it. We did. We actually did. Money. And people were tagging us and stuff. And I'm like, we said this. This is what we told you. <laughs> <laughs> we told y'all. <laughs> we had a whole conversation about this. Right, right. No, but I think that's a part of, like, feeling seen and feeling validated and, like, what you're seeing. Like, it feels good to know that the people who you trust to like listen to every week or mm-hmm. saying things that make sense. So I think that's that's what that was. Like, mm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I get it. I get it there. Mm-hmm. Like the way they said it was like right. yeah, when when Queen told y'all, but people were like tagging <laughs> us like, hey, do y'all know this is happening? I'm like, uh No, no, I'm saying that's why I think they were tagging us. Uh I know. One person in particular who is my sister who listens <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Was like, uh uh-uh, uh, y'all need to talk about this. I'm like Rashida, oh we, we talked about oh, Rashida, <laughs> sweet Rashida. Oh, you know she's a mother of my kids, so it happens. It makes I sense. know. I have, I have a, I have a Rashida in my life too. The mother of my kids. You <laughs> saying interesting stuff? Like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. We also got a new PayPal donation from Christina, and Christina says. Thank you so much for providing your wisdom every week. It is so important to have rich insight from two awesome womanist race nerds. Take care and stay healthy with love, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And I will take that stay healthy um, Mm -hmm. because I'm a little (laughs) scarred. You're doing good, though. You haven't been cheating the system. You haven't been in the streets. Yeah, I haven't. I did risk it one time, but... 
Oh, I'll never forget. I know. I remind myself every day. So mm-hmm. I live in my truth and stand by my bullshit. Okay. You know, right. I can't be yelling at people when I know I, I went outside one day mm-hmm. to meet mm-hmm. a stranger. So, right. you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Got another donation from Chimmy. And Chimmy says, for tea and whatever else, because y'all keep me informed and entertained. I've been meaning to drop something in the collection plate. But between being an RN during this Rona, just surviving it, mm-hmm. shit's been weird. Anyway, love and appreciate y'all. Chimmy. And Chimmy, thanks for our ending it. Word in up, yo. Thank you. My sisters are ending it. And she's grass. Mm. And her dog died. No. Yeah, just from there. It just popped in my head just now. Yeah. How old was the dog? We've had, well, she had Nemo. Nemo but, died? Yeah, Nemo died. Um, oh, my God. A long time. I think I was in my early twenties when we when she got oh me. Oh my home. gosh! Um, yeah. Now, yep. Yeah, now while she's going through all of this Rona stress, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so rest in peace, Nemo. Rest in peace, Nemo. Yeah. And thank you, Chimmy, for your service. And thank you, Naima's sister, for your service. Queen yeah. says, Naima, secret. No, we've said it. No, yeah, we say that. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Be, Thank you for your listeners service. be like Naima making me think that it's my family calling me <laughs> speaking of potential dog fatalities not oh, to make oh. this about me Ooh. but I I thought Hennessy was gonna die this, this week she ate a grape and grapes are toxic to dogs Yeah, and I googled it because I don't can't just be taking her to the vet yeah. or like that even during regular time but now during coronavirus time can't just take her to the vet and even if it wasn't coronavirus time, I can't just take her to the vet. Like, yeah. you know, it's not a vet money house. That's expensive. But everything online was like, yo, take them to the vet immediately. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So I found this service where you could actually talk to a vet. Mm-hmm. So me and this vet were texting back and forth. And they were like, well, for her weight and because it was a green grape and not a red grape, she should be OK. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. OK. But well, I'm glad you picked green grapes. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't eat red grapes. Or like, I don't buy red grapes. I'll eat them. Somebody mm-hmm. has them, but I don't buy them. Mm-hmm. I'm a green grape person. But anyway, everything online was like, your dog could die. Your dog could have liver failure, kidney failure, whichever one. I get them confused. Your dog could have failure and be a failure and then die <laughs> and then during die COVID. die because of failure. Yeah. And then that's it. And then you're by yourself. Like, wow. E. So she's still alive. That's good. Yeah, glad she it was didn't a green grape. Oh glad she's gosh. a little dog. I'm glad she just Dude. ate one. Dude. And not whatever amount the doctor said, the vet said oh would gosh. be eight an issue. Eight to ten. He said eight to ten. And you know what? She is capable of eating eight to ten. Yeah. If there were eight to ten available, she, they would, would she, be ate, gone. she ate like a discarded grape, like one I had just put to the side and mm-hmm. forgot about. Because I'm a bachelor, so I just be putting stuff to the side. Oh, I was one of those ugly ones, those bruised up ugly ones. I think it had, no, I think it had just fell. And oh. I was like, I'm going to just put this here oh. on the side. And then I forgot it was there and she ate it. And she I was like, five second row. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and I went to try and get it from her and she wasn't, <sighs> it was a whole thing, yo. And then I was like, wait, are grapes toxic? And then everything online was like, toxic, toxic, take up to the vet. I was so scared. So. She's okay, folks. She's oh all right. We're gosh. okay. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. Not funny, but funny. All right. So, events. Events. Bow, bow, bow. 
So we have an event coming up. Yes. It is a virtual event, but an event nonetheless. Our annual Juneteenth kickback is coming through. It's going to be a Juneteenth virtual kickback on Zoom. And that's taking place on Juneteenth. So that's June 19th. It's we're doing a Friday, it from Hey, we're doing it from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Zoom. So it's going to be a virtual kickback. We're going to be in there hanging out. We will have an RSVP link coming up so that we can send you all the Zoom link. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be in there hanging out. I think I want to do a black girl show and tell. Yeah. So if you are a black girl of any kind, any kind of black girl, trans, cis, if you're non-binary, but you identify with black being a black girl in some way, um, if you see that as a part of your identity, if you are black non-binary afab and you do not identify as a black girl but you want to show and tell some shit and you are black non-binary afab person shoot us an email and let us know let us know what you want to bring to show and tell it could be if you are like a designer and you design cool shit that you're proud of and you want to fucking model it on the zoom for a few minutes and let us know what you'd be working on in there you could do that shit if if you fucking been at the crib like nurturing and growing a fucking dope ass plant that you have in a dope fucking colorful pot fucking bring that shit to show and tell so yeah so send us your t-mail let us know what you want to bring to show and tell if you're an artist and you want to sing if you want to show some artwork if you want to fucking rap whatever it is send us your submissions to our t-mail at tvqueenj at gmail.com we just want to hang out and have a good time so we're trying to curate a fun dope ass juneteenth celebration Mm -hmm. so please hit us up let us know if you want to like be a part of it when you send us your t-mail yes please please send us all of your information already so say hey this is what i do this Mm -hmm. is what i want to show or hey this is what i want to show or hey i bought this cool new thing that's fun that I've been playing with. You don't have to be an expert. It is legit just show and tell, but you have to show us first what it is that you want to show and tell. Yeah, so like, if you can't please, tell us what you want to show, then you probably then don't, shouldn't show. <laughs> shouldn't do it. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm all, oh, I'm a very nice person. I'm Jay always is. Down I'm like Sandman. I'm going to be like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down to answer questions, but if you could please save us all time and please send us whatever you're asking me about, send me the fucking picture and the link in the same email as the question, okay? All right? Don't send us your... I'll be saying it and that's the whole email. Okay, we be getting shit like that. (laughs) So we want, yeah. It don't have to be a fancy link. Just send me a link to fucking if you posted it in your on Instagram. Send me that. But please, please be sure whatever you if you hit us up about Black Girl Show and Tell, please be sure to include a fucking link, a picture, Mm -hmm. whatever the fucking show and tell is. Include that shit, please, in the email. Please, 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 please. But yeah, we want to hang out. We want to hang out. So. Virtual kickback on Zoom. Save the date, June 19th from 9 to 11 p.m. There will be more information coming. Yes. It's going to be lit. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I can't fucking wait, yo. All right. Are you ready to get into the motherfucking show? I am. I am. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Good. What kind of tea are you drinking? I'm drinking chai tea. And it's really, really fucking good. It's like a loose leaf Mm -hmm. blend. It's not good. All right. What kind of tea are you drinking? 
I just finished my jasmine green. Mm. Delicioso. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the new jasmine green is the new chai over here. Uh, yeah, I've jasmine noticed. Jasmine green is my new bullshit. Yeah, yeah so I've noticed. That's what I'm on. It was delish. What are your pronouns? Yes. My pronouns are she, her, they, them. What are your pronouns? She and her. All right. What are you affirming for yourself this week? I am affirming that I'm a bad bitch, that I am enough. I also affirm that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I am well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are healthy. Healthy. And that I will forever and always turn up, stunt, show up. Show up. On these hoes. On these hoes, yes. Yes, all of the hoes. I also affirm that I will find a healthy sex buddy that will add to my sexual pleasure. And I also affirm that we all will still, this is an affirmation for all of us, mm-hmm. that we will still have a fruitful 2020. Okay? We will. Mm-hmm. All right? I like that. Fruitful yes. and abundant. Yo. Yes. I'm, fruitful I'm fucking with it. and abundant, like abundant as fuck. Like all mm. the bundles you need, yes, yes, a bundles you will get, yes, bundles, a bundles, like yes. Fucks with that. Yes, thank you, thank you. What mm-hmm. are you affirming for yourself, Jay? I affirm a life full of a bundles, health, <laughs> wealth, and financial stability. I affirm that I am not a lady. I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. I'm self-employed. I'm paid. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful and bundleful. Without trauma, I affirm an earlier sleep schedule, a brand new MacBook Pro with Mm -hmm. all the shit. Somebody sent me one of those. I know one of y'all has one. Oh, I just said someone did. I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> Someone we're gonna affirm that them. that too but yeah somebody sent me one of those you can order it on amazon and send it to my wish list address i think i don't know i don't know <laughs> oh wait i think i added one yeah, i think i, I think put so. one on my list i think so but anyway yeah one of y'all send me one or one of you who has like brand partnerships or some shit like that whoever just happen. brought a new one send her your other one send that is still newer like That's a newer newish. model like if you're like a tech head and you always get the, the new shit send me that last one you had yo send me that you don't need that anyway whether you send it or not i affirm it i'll get one Mm -hmm. with all the shits i affirm that me and my loved ones are healthy i affirm a new studio and workspace where we can record and work and be comfortable at our convenience post rona Mm -hmm. and i affirm that i have an active and positive mind i like it i like Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. so this week on tea with me and the jay <laughs> on tea with me in times like these. we are in this together so we got a t-mail about black muslim erasure mm-hmm. that is what i am calling this t-mail and i will read it and then we can talk about it yo i thought it was really interesting we got this a little while ago i'm gonna leave this one anonymous actually am i should i leave it anonymous yeah, I'm going to leave this anonymous. You know that you wrote it when I, re- when I read it. And so thank you for sending it, person who wrote this. All right. So this person says, hi, y'all. I don't even know if y'all check y'all messages on here, but here we go. I love your podcast. I love your womanist breakdown of different subjects. I love the radicalism as well as the nuances y'all bring to every discussion. Please keep up the good work. I'm a student and haven't been able to donate yet, but as soon as I get a better job. Thank you. Okay. 
We'll take it. I just watched I just watched the Who Killed Malcolm X documentary on Netflix and I'm feeling shocked and sad. More importantly, I'm amazed by this world of African-American Muslims that exists. Maybe it's because I'm not African-American myself. I'm Haitian Canadian living in Montreal. The face of Islam is so Arabic that I tend to forget that other races practice it too. And even then, I usually have African immigrants in mind. But would it be possible to do a segment or an entire episode on the history and reality of African-American Muslims, please? Do practices differ from Islam practiced by other ethnic groups? Are their values specific to African-American Islam? And knowing the condescension with which a lot of immigrants treat African-Americans, does this also translate into the Muslim community? Of course, I'm asking because I remember Queen saying she grew up in a Muslim household, so I would love to hear her perspective. This, of course, is merely a suggestion, but one I hope you take to heart. Even if you don't, please keep doing what you're doing. You and other Black podcasters have been a shining light and a breath of fresh air for me in this white-ass city. And I'll say their initials, actually. So, from MC. Thank you so much, MC. We appreciate you, and we appreciate you listening and sending us your T-mail. So I also watched the Who Killed Malcolm X documentary. I thought it was interesting. I know that some people had trouble with the way that Malcolm X was portrayed Mm -hmm. in the documentary. I just took it as another layer or another perspective. I think that it gets dangerous when certain portrayals are the only portrayal that people see. Of someone, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I could see that maybe being weird, but I thought that it was an interesting take on that history. And I did learn things that I didn't know. Um, for example, that like, don't like trust, the don't level... trust them Newark niggas. Nah, just... <laughs> that's what I knew. That's what my family has been saying. But <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I'm I'm like such a New Yorker, so I'd be I'd be like Jersey. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's bad. That's just how it was how I was raised. I'd be like, oh, Jersey, there's people here. Um But yeah, so I thought it was an interesting take and I think it is eye-opening for people who do already know things about Malcolm X. I think yeah. that it's it's worth the watch. For those who don't know anything about Malcolm X, I would suggest if you watch this to then also Check read, out his autobiography in that. audiobook form, if that's your shit. I suggest that because I'm not personally a big reader, so I don't want to be suggesting like niggas do shit that I would not do. But mm-hmm. I would say check it out in audiobook. It's long, but it's important. It's valuable. It's worth reading several times if yeah. you can mm-hmm. just to absorb like everything that's taking place. So I would say that if you're unfamiliar with Malcolm X, do not only watch this particular documentary to me it's it's a it's a nice like extra take on his life and specifically the murder and to know that like niggas was walking around knowing who did this is is really interesting yeah yeah so that was my take on that but then mc you also asked questions about Black Muslim identity, specifically Black American Muslim identity. And I know that throughout this podcast, we have discussed it multiple times because, just in general, because we're Black, but also specifically because Queen grew up in a Muslim household. So we have touched on a lot of the things that you ask here, but your letter brings to light some other things that I know Queen 
was thinking about. Yes, yes, yes. So I did see the doc too. And I think it just kind of confirmed a lot of the stuff my father was saying in the house that you just usually be like, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <you> know, like <laughs> all right, all right, be quiet. Like, no. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. So I did a lot of that. Actually, when I saw the doc, it was around the time that my whole family went to Cairo together. So that that was like something we were talking about on a flight. And my mm-hmm. mom was like, I think f- seeing my family be a little more affirmed and what they were already thinking mm-hmm. was kind of good to see. Right. Because I feel like a lot of Nation of Islam elders in particular have been gaslit to think all these other things. So like Farrakhan did it or the CIA did mm-hmm. it or you know, like all of this stuff. And it's like, nah. <laughs> Right. We know what happened. <laughs> we know these niggas. Right. You know me. <laughs> you know me though. Oh god. Yeah, you know like that type of shit. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I'm saying particularly my father cuz he's like a lot older than my mom. So he had a lot of firsthand kind of stuff that my mom didn't have cuz she was like like younger. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was nice to kind of see the uh, like the little bit of comfort of like finally, you know, like that type right. of thing. So I will say that that's how that documentary like resonated for me to kind of see like mm-hmm. my mom and stuff be like, see, you know, we've been saying this, <laughs> you know, like yeah. to not be so gaslit and kind of feel validated in some of you know their understanding of the murder of the assassination of Malcolm X and shit like that. I want to add that I watched the other day the girls track daughters of and one of his daughters mm-hmm. was on it and she was saying that the documentary is like pretty accurate mm-hmm. and that she wasn't mad at it but what she wants is who the fuck <laughs> like get the people <laughs> like right, right. that that's how that's how takeaway like okay like basically you, we don't believe black people so no one believe these people who are saying what this has been what mm-hmm. it is for however long now that we kind of believe these things now like could we fucking get the motherfuckers like right, <laughs> so that's right. kind of where she's at um mm-hmm. so i just wanted to share that since i just recently got that information mm-hmm. from one of his daughters so anyway I'm going to get into some of my feelings when I read this letter. Um, So at first I was really uncomfortable with the questions because a lot of them for me just seem, although the questions that I always get that I think are just kind of, I wouldn't say silly, but I guess ignorance. And I know it's not ignorance in the sense of like willingly being ignorant, Mm -hmm. um, but just a matter of just not knowing that kind of ignorance. A lot of times people take ignorance as like, you're ignorant. <laughs> but that's not what I mean by all mm-hmm. at all or anything like that. But like the questions about like, like do, do practices of Islam differ between different ethnic groups? Like stuff like that. I get questions like that a lot. And that generally, that's generally a question that turns me off because it's like, if you can understand that in Christianity, there's many different denominations, that Christianity looks like many different things all over the world. I don't mm-hmm. get how people don't understand that that is also a thing for Islam. For some reason, mm-hmm. we think like, it's just one thing. There's no diversity in Islam. There's no... Um, or that there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be like what? Like that, that there shouldn't be diversity that like, if there is diversity, then it means that 
black folks practicing Islam or not practicing true Islam. Not even I would I'm not getting to that yet. I'm just saying just in general when someone um Muslim Islam is a monolith. It's only one thing. It only looks like one thing. Like there's no it's not going to look like many different things. We understand that for Christianity. We understand that somebody's Baptist. We understand that somebody is a Episcopalian. Like we 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 get that. And you if you mm-hmm. see it you're like, "Oh, they're just Episcopalian. They don't do what the Baptists do." You know like mm-hmm. you just know that. Mm-hmm. Um but people don't understand and translate that when it comes to islam like we're all just interpreting islam as this one thing so how can people interpret christianity as all of these different things and have Mm -hmm. all of these different relationships with christianity but for some reason that thought and idea isn't even something that you can extend to islam like that's something that's always been something that's bothered me especially because we actually see different kind of islams happening but for some reason like we just don't just 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 think that way Mm-hmm. You know, so usually when I get questions like that, I usually roll my eyes because I'm just like, that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If you know that you as even as a black person, you know, black people exist in many different ways. Why would Islam not exist in different black people in many different ways? You know, I like just 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 this weird kind of like we get stuck in in, a, in this thought because the mainstream media says this is what something looks like and we just stick with what white supremacist media tells us what things mm-hmm. looks like so i'm usually turned off off, off the bat with that like not even getting in deep into the things that you mentioned just off the bat we're like you know yeah is it something ethically different like of course it is that's how mm-hmm. the world works that's how everything works buddhism mm-hmm. isn't manifest in this world the same way for every right. body you know but I, it's mm-hmm. just weird to me when people are like when people say that when people ask questions like that or like you know like there's many different kinds of muslims you know mm-hmm. So that was my first thought and my first, like, eh, eh, I don't want to answer this because it's mm-hmm. just like I'm always tired of that question because it just always seems like really like remedial or like mm-hmm. ignorant to me. So that's that. That was like my first thought. But then I go further into kind of what you were saying about how like we don't validate anything really that black Americans even do. Mm-hmm. So if you start there, where it comes to a lot of the things we do, we create, we present, we whatever, culturally black American stuff, if of course when it can be commodified in certain ways, it's appreciated mm-hmm. in quotations, but we don't value anything black Americans do. So black Americans in the U.S., no one acknowledges that they are real Muslims. Mm-hmm. Or and this is not something that's just specific to people of the nation of Islam. I I'm gonna talk from the gaze of someone who lived in the nation of Islam. But even Black Americans that I know that are like Sunni Muslim, mm-hmm. because they present in quotations in very like Black American ways, people mm-hmm. tend to not acknowledge them being Muslim. So yeah. like, yes, she might have her head wrap and all of that, but because she talks like me. But because she, you know, like presents mm-hmm. in these ways that you would say is very like black American or present in ways that is very like hip hop culture type of shit. Mm-hmm. People are just, I don't, you know, she don't really be, you know, she's she says she Muslim, but she don't, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I see that happen a lot. I see that happens for myself, but then I also see that in other, I'm, I'm mostly going to say, no, no, I see that a lot. So like we think of like people like. That rapper who was murdered, Pop Smoke, he mm-hmm. was that was a Muslim person. But mm-hmm. like because they present in this very like 
whatever mainstream media tells us Islam looks like versus mm-hmm. what this black American looks like is not something that you're going to fucking, that people even acknowledge exists, mm-hmm. which is really annoying for me because yeah. it, 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 it makes me upset that people still allow, like we are, we are, a lot of us and a lot of our listeners are at the point where we understand blackness not being a monolith. We need mm-hmm. to understand that lots of other things are not monoliths as well. Like, we need to think further. We're still letting white supremacist ideas tell us what something is. And we're not mm-hmm. challenging that. This email is probably you challenging that or trying to challenge that or trying to mm-hmm. question that things. And that's great. But for me, it's just I just always get annoyed with people not being able to transfer this idea that you attach to blackness to other things. Mm-hmm. And I, there's like a huge shortcoming of that all the time, continuously, and I it frustrates me. So I see that I do get that you're like a Black Canadian person. So there's probably other aspects of Black Americanness culturally that you don't know because you only get what's presented to you, and I get right. what's filtered to you and shit like that. So mm-hmm. I do understand that, and I don't want to like. That's why I'm not, like, mad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, if you was from the Bronx and you said this, I'd probably be a little upset. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, God. So, like, I totally, like, I get that. Your, a lot of your ideas of black Americanness are filtered to you in different ways than I would say someone who is, like I said, who will live in the Bronx. Because there's, there's people mm-hmm. who... Islam is filtered to like 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 the listener we have in Iowa. Maybe blackness, blackness, and Islam is filtered to them in these ways that things around them don't even challenge those ideas. So mm-hmm. I like I get that piece, and I do have grace for those pieces, but it is still something that frustrates me when, mm-hmm. to me, people ask these very basic ass questions that I know they understand in terms of blackness and Mm -hmm. how could you not transfer this to islam or even queerness Mm -hmm. like it's just it just always is weird how people's brains just stop at that one piece so i had a lot of feelings of that and then a lot of times these conversations make me uncomfortable because this is like a huge part of my intersections and huge parts of my identity so i don't know where like for me when it comes to my islam my islam is my blackness you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's a part of especially because i grew up in a nation of islam and a a key part that makes i guess nation of islam different from other islamic denominations is that there's a huge like black liberation element which makes sense because it's very specific to like black americans trying to break Mm -hmm. away from white supremacy Mm -hmm. um so i can't i feel like sometimes people ask me these questions it's like they're asking me like to explain my like i can't even explain my blackness it's just here like yeah like there's no there's no definitive point where your blackness begins your black americans your black americanness begins and, and your uh islam, connection to islam islamic, yeah. islamic identity exactly. begins like there's it's, no definitive line it's not put into separate compartments exactly 
it is they are one and the same for you exactly mm-hmm. so that usually makes me really uncomfortable because I, I feel like people are asking me to dissect myself in ways that i don't do right and to dissect myself in ways that i don't do for myself to make you understand me for me is an oppressive position to be in because i don't mm-hmm. think about myself in that way i'm just mm-hmm. I'm just queen. Being Muslim is just as part of my identity as being black. And just as much as I don't feel comfortable explaining why I should exist as a black person, you just better mm-hmm. acknowledge that I exist. I'm not going to explain why. You just should acknowledge that the same way I feel about Islam. Mm-hmm. So that that usually makes me feel uncomfortable. So that's why when we first got this email, I was like, I ain't using that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Every few weeks, I'd be like, so uh, do you want to uh, No. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, remember that email we got about uh, So yeah, it, it, it does um, make me very uncomfortable. Then I want to go a little like further when it comes to like this black... Muslim erasure, and then there's Black American Muslim erasure. One, because when a Black American person becomes, I guess, I don't want to say famous, but becomes intricate in our story when it comes to, like, attached to Black liberation, we -hmm. generally erase all the other pieces besides Blackness. So this isn't something Mm -hmm. that just happens just to Black Muslims who are like a Malcolm X or something like that. This happens to queer Black folks who are in Mm -hmm. this space. It just erases everything else, and it's like Black. Because Mm -hmm. Black means man. And even if you are a woman, they'll say your name. They'll say Rosa Parks' name, but we won't know much else about Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. as you know, we won't know about yeah. Rosa Parks as a black woman. It's just yeah, like black. black in a historical black American liberation context to the general public usually means black male, straight, cis, Christian, yeah. and specifically American. Because yeah. even though throughout black American history, like we've been diasporatical motherfuckers for yeah. years. So yeah. throughout black American history, a lot of our black liberation figures have diasporatical ancestry yeah. so have ancestry in the caribbean have roots in um, places caribbean. yeah places yeah. outside of the u.s yeah, yeah right a lot of our black ancestors are afro-latinx yeah you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and those things don't get talked about or discussed because those nuances to the general population and to our general story oftentimes because our blackness or our black history in particular sometimes is fed to us, which is like kind of what you've been saying, is fed to us by the white majority. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So a lot of the nuances of who we are as people and a lot of the nuances um, that that are important to talk about because I think as black people, it's important that we talk about all of our intersections and how even throughout those intersections and with those intersections, we still found ways to be in communion with one another, be to fellowship with one another, regardless of those intersections. Mm -hmm. And those elements of it are frequently, even though, of course, some of those intersections came with intracommunal challenges. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like there's power in the story of all of our differences in all of our differences, us still working together and still like doing shit in the effort for the sake of black liberation. Yeah. And that story is often not told. Yeah. So because of that, I think we erase a lot of black Americans, the popular black Americans that we like love. It always 
insults me when people forget that they are Muslim. So, mm-hmm. like, I say all the time, everyone's favorite motherfucker is Malcolm X. But you don't realize that this was a Muslim person, like, mm-hmm. going through. So, you've seen Islam and black Americanists exist in this very, like, black American Islam way. You've seen it mm-hmm. exist. But because, well, obviously that's someone in the past, but I'm saying it, it exists. Mm-hmm. You've seen it exist. And you knew how it made you feel or you knew how it did whatever for you. So, like, it it always makes me uncomfortable when people feel like they're hugely far removed from that. Because it's like Mm -hmm. you've seen Muhammad Ali. Like, you you know, like, you've seen these people exist in ways that wasn't portrayed or wasn't fed to you the way the white media feeds Islam to you. Mm-hmm. Like you've seen it, you've you've seen Muhammad Ali be boastful. You've seen Muhammad Ali like you you exist in these ways that aren't like these kind of like one, this the terrorist kind of image of a Muslim person or the docile kind of image of a Muslim person who's trying to like you know just assimilate and we are American mm-hmm. too. You've seen that yeah. not exist, and also you've seen it not exist because generally when they portray Black Muslims. Black American Muslims, they're usually like in prison. Mm-hmm. So you've seen, you have it, and it's not like a huge amount, but you have these examples of Black American Muslims in this country who exist outside of the monolith, but you still expect the monolith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. like I'm always kind of just like taken aback by that, but I know it's because of the erasure. I don't think people even think about Muhammad Ali being this like. Muslim ass Muslim, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what I he mean. He was a Muslim ass Muslim. He was a Muslim yeah. ass Muslim, but mm-hmm. no one takes him in that way because of the way white people have in our age presented him to us as this person who transcends race, who is mm-hmm. the greatest of all time. You know, like all of these other things that erases his black American Muslim identity. Because even after he left the Nation of Islam and became a Sunni Muslim, that motherfucker was a Muslim as Muslim. Mm-hmm. But still very black American. Right. But for some reason, people can't just, the brain goes haywire and you can't, you still have to like section off. I don't know. It's just weird. So it's just mm-hmm. always weird for me to like see people do that. When it comes to black American Muslims or even myself, because I don't present in these ways, because I'm not hugely like there's mad motherfucking Christians who are not hugely fucking Christian, but still identify as Christian. Mm-hmm. Culturally Christian. Yeah. That's what I call them. Yeah. But no one questions that. Like if they mm-hmm. happen to have a Bible or like if they happen to like say some shit that's Christian-y, it'll mm-hmm. just like fly. But like. I noticed that once I insert or I guess be Muslim, I don't know how mm-hmm. to do that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that because. Once you be Muslim in public. Yeah, but I'm, when I'm Muslim outside. Right. right. Um, it'd be like, oh, oh, you, oh, oh, you be like, oh, it's, it's just, it's just always just weird for me how people can like live their lives in these ways that are very natural to them. And they get it mm-hmm. and they understand that, okay, I don't go to church every week or I don't pray all the time or I don't whatever. But Christianity is still something that is a part of my identity. I still identify with these things in this way because of whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But people just always have a difficulty understanding that 
when I present it in this way. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Like, we know every rapper is a fucking sinner, but they thank God for every award. <laughs> they mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. And it's not like a question about their relationship with whatever God or religion or anything like that. But, you know, let me say like one little thing in Arabic. And then it's, it's like, not amongst my friends. My friends are a great mm-hmm. bunch of people. So this is not something I experience currently because I mm-hmm. curated a nice group of friends. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm talking about growing up and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, what? You're not really, you know, it's just like, you know, shut up. You know, just stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's just like stuff that I don't experience anymore because of the friend groups that I have now. Mm-hmm. Or also because I just be stopping people. Like someone at my job asked me to explain Ramadan. I said Google. I'm not yeah. doing that. You know, like just stuff like mm-hmm. fuck out of here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Google Ramadan. Right, <laughs> like right, right, right. Shoot, I'm not even fasting. So leave mm-hmm. me alone. No, don't mm-hmm. let me explain this to you and then realize shit. I ain't even doing it. You know, yeah. like leave every me alone. time Ramadan rolls around, I have to Google. Is it always Ramadan? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I feel like it's always Ramadan, yo. It's always Ramadan. As soon as Ramadan is over in like a month, I'm going to be like, is it always Ramadan? Because it always, it just seems to come by so fast. That's all. That's all. It's almost over. <laughs> no, nah, I know. I'll be on it until it comes again. And I'll be like, yo, it was just Ramadan just now. It's always Ramadan. Oh, God, they're always Ramadan and damn. Right? They're always doing that. Why are they always doing that? Ramadan. Oh, gosh. I did have one more thing I wanted to say really, really quickly. I do want to acknowledge that there's, like, NOI erasure, Nation of Islam erasure. So mm-hmm. I'm not a part of the Nation of Islam anymore. A lot of, you know, it's a little shady little place. But. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to go there so fast. Okay. That's why I'm scared of cults right now. But anyway, so okay. um, I think that a lot of times we forget that a lot of our, I'll say our basic or our beginning ideas of separating from white supremacy, of mm-hmm. dismantling that shit, of loving blackness in these kind of unapologetic ways or like stuff mm-hmm. like that. A lot of that, not all of it, I'm just saying a lot of it, comes from sentiments that were put into the ether for black Americans by the Nation of Islam. And I think that a lot of times mm-hmm. that that is a race, that people take that right. away. Their that influence people, on the culture. Is yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, it's and it's very black American. It's mm-hmm. not just, that's something that is only going to happen for a black American Muslim. Not something mm-hmm. that's going to happen for a black Muslim and maybe a continental country, you know, like, cause mm-hmm. these were things very specific to the folks in black America. I mean, well, black America <laughs> mm-hmm. in America, black folks in America who at that point were probably converting to Islam. That right. still was something very, a part of their conversion to Islam was trying to break away from these white supremacist ideals. And a yeah. lot of that was tied to Christianity and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that a lot of times we forget that when it comes, like I f- honestly feel like there would be no black Panthers if there was no nation of Islam. There would, there would mm-hmm. definitely be no 5% nation if there was no right. nation of Islam. Cause all of that shit was stolen. And my mm-hmm. father would tell you why, but he not here. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> I mean, there are there are thousands of 
black Americans like myself who were raised not eating pork because of the influence of the nation of Islam. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Like that's that's not like out the blue. And we know there, of course, there are other black communities who didn't eat pork for other reasons, but like. For a lot of our parents, that was the impetus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of black American folks learned shit from the Nation of Islam, and that does get erased in our history. Yeah. In the conversations of that. It does. And that shit is black American. Like, mm-hmm. as a black mm-hmm. Muslim person, when I hear people say, like, stuff like, because, yes, the black church is a very integral part of black Americanness, mm-hmm. but also like the nation of Islam is a very big part of black Americanness too, that people do not don't connect that shit. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. shit that we do now culturally based on the influence of the nation of Islam, whether you mm-hmm. know if it's direct or not, it's very black American. That is our shit. And we need to like acknowledge that more. We don't mm-hmm. like, we it's just like some shit over there. Like, just like you said, there's like black people who don't eat pork because of that influence. There's black people who eat certain ways because mm-hmm. of stuff that was taught in the nation of Islam. You know, like this mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of stuff. Like when I see people be unapologetically black, for me, I'm like, this is shit that like, of course, now I see a lot of the respectability and grain in the nation of Islam, but mm-hmm. back in the, fucking 50s and 60s to be like nah (laughs) in that way that was some radical ass shit and i'm not saying Mm -hmm. that didn't happen before of course it did like nat turner was killing motherfuckers but right right niggas been saying nah yeah but yeah it's different that's the black american stuff though right that that is is, that's a black american Mm -hmm. thing and people Mm -hmm. make it something separate like no that's that's black americanness as well and i I wish Mm -hmm. people would acknowledge that more mm-hmm. that's a part mm-hmm. of black american culture you know yeah. so so i want to go a little further and kind of challenge the person who sent this letter and also challenge other listeners to dismantle your own ideas of what muslims look like of what islam is there are muslims all over the world there are chinese muslims there are muslims in brazil there are muslims that live in spanish-speaking countries like there were puerto rican muslims in my mosque you know like it's just like for some reason, well, the reason is white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism. Mm-hmm. People think that Islam is just something that's sequestered to this little region of the Middle East. And that's not the fucking truth. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Islam is a religion that is practiced throughout the world. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, Islamic, Arabic influence in even, like, I'm letters and shit are called, and numbers are called, like, Arabic <laughs> systems of stuff. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. just so much... Islam that is kind of ingrained in our day-to-day or influenced your day-to-day that people are not Mm -hmm. aware of that I think is important that you look into that stuff and stop thinking that Islam's Muslims are just whatever the media peddles to you. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to start thinking outside of that. You got to start looking outside of that. If you understand that you cannot depend on the media to tell you what blackness is, Mm -hmm. then you got to know that you can't believe that for anything. You got to, like, look into that shit and stop allowing these white supremacist systems tell you who people are, what they look mm-hmm. like, how they act. Like we, we know that they're giving you, they're pumping you that fake shit. We know that mm-hmm. already. So like stop settling or allowing them to do that. Challenge yourself mm-hmm. more. When you have these questions in your mind, Google some shit. Look like look for that shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know? So that is a challenge that I just have for everyone. And challenge. 
really stop asking me these basic ass Muslim questions. That's <laughs> the last time I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> So that is that on that. I will say, I think this person earlier in the letter made it known that they were a student. So I I feel you. And I think that I agree with you that. um, What am I trying to say? Is there space for students to ask basic ass remedial ass questions? I guess. Maybe you could ask your, your basic ass friends. Peer to peer, maybe this conversation may be better. Maybe you don't have black Muslim folks around you, so that's why you reached out to me. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I am just, I just don't have the personality type to be explaining my existence to people. That is not something that right. I do, that mm-hmm. I ever really will do. That's why it took mm-hmm. so long for us to answer this letter. So maybe I'm not saying that asking these questions are wrong. I'm saying asking me those questions. <laughs> <laughs> Just may not be, right. um, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's just this could be a very much be a queen thing, but I'm not, okay. I don't really like to get in the habit of explaining why I should take up space. I think I should just take up space, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's why. But I don't, I don't, I don't discourage them from like, I would say Google first because at least come, yeah, come to the conversation with something. Like, right. don't come like you fucking interviewing a motherfucker. Like, yeah, but- I think that's good. I think that's a good place to start because oftentimes our like peers, they're not it. They don't have it. You know what I'm saying? So I agree. I think that Googling is a good place to start, especially like, okay, here's the thing. If you feel like you're questioning is like you're starting to interview somebody like about Honestly, about anything. Usually when you're doing an interview, it has to do with their identity, right? So, like, unless you are, you have invited someone to be on your show or you've asked to do an actual interview. interview Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, just in life. Like, even when dating, there's this guy on Tinder that was asking me a bunch of shit. And I was like, is this an interview? Like, it wasn't a conversation. It wasn't a back and forth. I felt like my life source was being fucking drained (laughs) out of me, you know? Because I was like, this is not really like a conversation. And I think I just think in life, when we find ourselves doing that, usually it's because we didn't do the portion of the labor that we were supposed to do. We didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I would suggest. Yeah. Because I think that mm-hmm. we ask for T-mail and we are womanist race nerds. Like we, we nerd out, we geek out about womanism. We nerd out, we geek out about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism and the ways that we can dismantle it within ourselves and dismantle it then like within the larger system. And so we welcome like your questions, your emails and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And so what we're asking for really is just to be more thoughtful with the ways in which you present some of these questions. So if you feel like you're interviewing one of us or you're interviewing both of us, again, nothing wrong with asking a question, but just ask yourself, have you contributed the right amount of labor to like whatever your question is, whatever your, you know, your query Mm -hmm. is or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah, just something to think about. And something I think would be helpful is to say, hey, I Googled blah, 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 and learned da 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 but it made me wonder da 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 Yeah, exactly. Some evidence of mm-hmm. your labor in this question so that it doesn't feel like you are interrogating one of us, both of us, about, like, who we are, per se, mm-hmm. you know? But um, thank you, MC. 
Thank you so much for your letter, yo. So you need a break. Let's take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Money. Do you you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like. Giving black women your money. Yes. Give black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, yo. Okay, okay. So So how do they? Give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope-ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking week. Every week. Sometimes um, twice a week. Yeah, yo. (laughs) And we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, We definitely can. Absolutely. So, how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamWithQueenAndJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm -hmm. We have two options there. Two! Two! You become a patron. Or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again (laughs) all the time yes and we're black all the time (laughs) so we got another t-mail and i've titled this one fraudulence so that's what i'm calling this you're fake you're phony you're fugazi (laughs) all right so this one is from Aaron, and They say, hey, y'all, I've just finished listening to episode 232, Throw That Drink Bitch. And I love this section of the pit about creatives and their day jobs. All right. So this is a throwback. So episode 232 during the pit, we talked about black creatives and how they be be lying. They be lying. And how a lot of us. Sorry. (laughs) A lot of us as black creatives, I'm not including myself, but I'm saying us because we are black creatives. Mm -hmm. A lot of us try to present as if our main source of income is our creative outlet because we want to be a true creative. We want to be a true fucking poet. We want to be seen as whoever it is that we're trying to be. We want to be. That's who we want to be seen as. I think that we sell each other short when we are not honest about the fact that like a part of our journey as black creatives is oftentimes working a part-time job, working a nine to five, like working whatever the fuck we need to do to to sustain our Our actual income. Yeah. Yeah, Our day-to-day shit. And I think that for a lot of black creatives, we haven't had the luxury of seeing people close to us, people in our lives forge this path of black creativity and like, a lot of the past that we're creating for ourselves, we are truly creating them for ourselves yeah. because we haven't seen other people do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that as black creatives, I think it's important that we be honest about the fact that, yeah, I still fucking work an actual fucking nine to five job that's not related to my creativity. Yeah. So many of us use these public platforms. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're we're on platforms where we sell and present who we are yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think we sell each other. We sell ourselves short when we do not include in that presentation the reality that a part of how we 
sustain are able to this. survive and sustain ourselves is that we are working, we have a nine to five and there's no shame in doing that yep. shit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I'm, I understand it's important to folks to present what they're most passionate about. And like, I wasn't, when I was working a nine to five, I wasn't posting on social media, the ins and outs of my nine to five, but people knew that I worked. Like I wasn't shying away from the yeah. fact that like, definitely was in the stories like a cake, someone, <laughs> <laughs> there's cake in the break room. <laughs> it's pizza Friday. I love me some pizza Friday. Fuck that. Um, but yeah, so now there were people who paid me no mind and because I'm all about my podcast, assumed that I only worked on my podcast, mm-hmm. but it's not because I did not talk about my nine to five yeah. or I did not talk about like working or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of what, what I talked about in that episode. I'll leave 232 in the show notes just for more reference if you all haven't listened to it yet. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. So back to this letter about fraudulence. When creatives of all types choose to share the effort it takes to support themselves while following their passions, to me, it speaks of their integrity. I've always admired and respected how transparent y'all and the other folks in the Batty Brigade and Batty Brigade are about the other responsibilities in your lives. It paints a fuller picture of you all as complex individuals navigating complex lives. Also, what you share forges intimacy with your listeners while also showcasing the sacrifices it can take to achieve your dreams. And not on some capitalistic martyrdom bullshit, rather how dedication and persistence and the unyielding support of your community can get us where we dream of being. Thanks so much for all y'all do. I love hearing your voices and opinions on other platforms. Wishing you all the abundance and bad bitchness for 2020 and beyond. In love and blackness, RN. Yes, thank you so much for this, yo. We appreciate it. Thank y'all, thank y'all. We appreciate it. This kind of had us thinking, this this like fraudulence amongst black creatives. And we know that there are lots of white creative frauds, but we don't really indulge in their work. Yeah, exactly. So, sure don't. Um, sure it's don't. Interesting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what we don't do. <laughs> but it's interesting considering this within the context of sheltering in place or in context of quarantining yeah. where a lot of things are closed and shut down and a lot of the distractions that many of us had before no longer exist. Yeah, so like I this had me thinking about like we when we first started doing our remote recording when the pandemic happened and stuff, mm-hmm. me and Jay were talking about productivity and what does this look like now and like all of that shit. And I remember mentioning like what are you without work? Mm-hmm. It makes me want to go further, like who are folks without the f- farce, without whatever mm. fraudulent not to say fraudulent, it could it could be very real, but you only presented this one piece of you because that was the piece mm-hmm. that was popping, I guess, or something like that. Right. Like for myself, I'm noticing when it comes to my social media, because we are in this quarantine, that a lot of that curated stuff isn't happening like it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just interesting for me to see like how it just stops in that way. And that stops in a way of like, you know, I need a break, rest, um, no measure of... Because we think that you measure what productivity is, you measure what your time is. Like those are mm-hmm. white supremacists white supremacist things that told you what those was before so that's not what i'm getting at mostly getting that like because there's no way to like i guess be outside and be mixy in these ways and like take pictures at fake ass red carpets and (laughs) 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 yes i'm talking about you um Mm. 
you know, and, and pose in those ways that mm-hmm. it seems as though some black creators right now have nothing to like say or like mm. post or like, you know, and it's just, it's mm-hmm. just interesting because it, it just makes me wonder like, were you passionate about doing whatever you were doing? Or are you passionate about being seen? You know, and those are like mm-hmm. very different things. And I'm mostly particularly talking about in our circles of black creatives, but generally around black creatives who are into the black shit or center blackness in a conversation mm-hmm. in these ways. Not like we do, because, you know, we special, but. <laughs> <laughs> you need to calm down, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh god but you know it just makes me wonder i'm gonna be honest it makes me question their motivation or their whys or like mm-hmm. because it's the best thing to do that's why you're doing it mm-hmm. but then f- going further now that right now stuff on buzzing as much you have right. nothing to offer mm. anymore not to say you have to be offering shit i don't want to say that but you right. get kind of the idea that I'm mm-hmm. bouncing around mm-hmm. the thoughts mm-hmm. that I'm having when it yeah. comes to that. I think a lot of things are being stripped back and stripped down mm-hmm. for people. So really, I think sometimes the question is, like how you said, who are you without work? Who are you like without all of the frills that we had before? Yeah. Like who are you without all of the events that we had before who are you without so many of the outside things that we were able to find importance in mm-hmm. like who are you without all of those things do you still like yourself without all of those things do you still think that you have something to offer the world as a creative mm-hmm. without those things yeah. do you feel like you need to offer something to the world yeah, to be I- valuable mm-hmm. like as a creative Sometimes we offer things to the world because we think they're important or we need to or just because that's just what we do. And sometimes we do it because we are seeking validation. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that this period for a lot of people is offering time for self-reflection. Some people are self-reflecting like myself. I'm doing it by accident. Some people are doing. Just like, damn, I'm doing this again. Yeah, I. Just supposed to be showering right now. That's all I want to do is take a fucking shower, okay, or nap, or cook my fucking shrimp. But, but I think that yeah, it's valuable. But it's just interesting to see in a world where we are constantly watching each other on social Mm -hmm. media, or we're watching what we what we present of one another. It's interesting to see what we are presenting to one another in times like these (laughs) now more than ever like what are we presenting to each other and it's just an interesting reflection into why i will say Mm -hmm. i am enjoying a lot of you much more now than i did before i agree i like to scale back i like i like to scale back i like the simple this is my cat yeah i like that your captions are not like fake deep <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that there's less Twitter threads yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I'm like a social media Scrooge or anything mm-hmm. but it is nice to see the scale back it is nice to see people kind of like self reflecting like you said and then like having new conversations with themselves mm-hmm. 
Because everyone presents something different than who you totally are, and that's mm-hmm. fine. So we're not questioning that. That's like a kind of natural thing. Of there course, are pieces yeah. of you that are for yourself. Totally fine. Yeah. But I, I think that people are like kind of reexamining like, who who the fuck is this person yeah. I'm presenting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who is that motherfucker? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I like that. The scale back is really nice. I'm, I'm also doing that for myself. Um, I think I do that for myself often, though. I'm always kind of like... No, keep it real. Because I have issues. That's why I'm in therapy. But, um, yeah, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But it is it is helpful for me to see the scale back. And um, for y'all to kind of scale back from that first week of quarantine when it was like, production, production, oh, production. Grind, grind, grind. Instagram live, Instagram live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. YouTube live. It was just mm-hmm. like, nah, oh, my book is done. It was just like, oh, my God, y'all giving me nerves. <laughs> Right, 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 right. You saw that couple that got dragged on Twitter because they were posting about their breakup and the guy is like, so he's moving out. And then you see him come out the bedroom with a box in the back. I I didn't engage. I did see that clip and I just kept going. So I don't know the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It just was mad staged. It was like, is this what y'all are doing? They were like, the story is they were shacking up for quarantine. They decided to like kind of explore a relationship during quarantine. And then allegedly one of them. It's a reality show. Yeah, basically. Basically. (laughs) I don't know who they are. Maybe they have an actual YouTube. All I know is that that little piece of it was mad staged and it upset my stomach. As somebody who enjoys social media, Mm -hmm. I like the foolishness. I like the over the top stuff. I am appreciating that we're all scaling back. But that right there. That was that was just too much. That, so he's moving annoying. out. Comes out that he cut, came out the bedroom on cue with that box, that little moving box. It was just like this is looking all sad and Probably solemn. Mad and shit. empty. The box was empty. It looked now. mad empty. Like why why do I need to see this? How do I get involved in this? Yeah, anyway, everyone's, they dragged everyone's important, but no one's important. They so. dragged him. They dragged him for filth. Um, <laughs> Something that I learned while this was... I, I always knew this, but then it became, like, I guess um, was more visible following Roxanne Gay on Twitter. Mm. So I always known this person is an author, but they're also a professor, mm-hmm. like, at a university. So this is a person who clearly has always had a nine-to-five, right. as well as being a creative. And I always knew it existed that way because that's how she presents, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I guess, think about it. But when the quarantines happened and a lot of universities was closing, she did say, like, I get that I am in a financial space that I'm in, but it is scary for me to, like, possibly not have a job. Mm-hmm. I've always had a job. Mm-hmm. With everything else I've did, I've always had a job. And I, it stood out for me. I liked seeing that. I like hearing that. It was affirming for me as a person who is a creative right. and has a job. Like, she's fucking a well-known person who's mm-hmm. like i still have a job so it was kind of nice i guess affirming for me to just like hear a black woman say that out loud mm-hmm. like yes you know i know my finances so i'm not saying that i'm just saying i've always had a job mm-hmm. outside of this creative stuff because right. creative money flows very differently than that every two weeks bi-weekly mm-hmm. paycheck that comes into your account yeah. you know yeah there's a little security in being an employee in, mm-hmm. that, in that way. That I would you like to not have, mm-hmm. right? Isn't it right? I, I liked having some of that security. You're going to get it back. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that. Watch. Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. So, 
it manifests in many ways. Like, it just annoys me. Like, I'm going to go further into, like, I guess what they call LLC, black people. It's mm-hmm. Like, you always talk about all of these streams of income. Have these different streams of income. And this, this, and that. And, like, that means that maybe you should still have a job mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're pursuing creative endeavors. Like, why do we not understand that as... I guess having different streams of income mm-hmm. or securing the bag and all of these other ways. Right. It's just like we've got to a point where we hate jobs so much and it makes no sense because for the mm-hmm. most part we all have jobs and in a traditional sense and come from families where everyone has jobs. Yep. <laughs> and you know, like it was good enough before. Like what is so horrible about it now? Mm-hmm. You know, um, like it's that that part is always because I was in that space for a little bit too. We we're just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I want to work for myself, and this is and that. That shit is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Working for yourself is also managing yourself. Yeah. It's also like it's a lot of pieces to that that are ingrained that you don't have to think about when you have like a job. There's like you mm-hmm. know, it's just like different. So like we gotta like stop looking down on jobs so much. Mm-hmm. Like they are important. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure right now a lot of people are coming into that realization because a lot of people don't have jobs all of a sudden, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just an interesting time to be out here trying to pay rent and stuff. (laughs) And you could be a successful creative with a job. Like Mm -hmm. I use Roxanne Gay as an example of that. She's a successful creative with lots of books. Bitch still got a job. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, Cornel West still has a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These people still have jobs. Mm-hmm. They eventually, not even eventually, they be having jobs. Right. <laughs> right. Okay? They are somebody's university with a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on. Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Stop pretending. That's a good takeaway. Stop pretending, mm-hmm. folks, about everything. <laughs> if there was ever a time... To stop pretending. It's now. Now's the time. Now's a good time to stop pretending. Because it's everything is so stripped down mm-hmm. now that we're going to know you're lying. Like, yeah. maybe that video could have, the one with the, the guy Yes, out, as, and not as have, many of us would have watched that shit. Yeah. Like, so and, many of us saw it because we are at home watching shit. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. so, and you can look at it in very critical more critical ways Mm -hmm. because you're not looking at it in passing Mm because you can actually pay attention and now we could call you out on your face whereas maybe a few months ago we would have just been laughing and just moved on there are so many things that i notice now (laughs) that i maybe noticed before but didn't have time to address and now it's like Mm -hmm. oh i have time to address this because i have time I have time to address all type of shit I wouldn't normally have time to address. I have time to notice all kind of shit I wouldn't normally notice. It's just like the level of being present. And I don't know if this is the same for people who have whole entire ass families that they're living with and managing and shit. I don't know if this is a symptom of like me being here with just Hennessy or or what? Hennessy's my dog, folks. But yeah, like I just feel so much more present yeah and yeah it's mm-hmm. it's scary but i feel like it's good for me but it is like i got time yo you know so like i'd be busy but like in terms of like all my senses and shit i got time 
Yeah, we 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 all have a little. Not all of us. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that. A mm-hmm. lot of us have more time to pay attention and call out the the fake shit. Yeah. Like if you think about the people who call out stuff generally online, those are people who do have time. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's usually right. some somebody with a, a thread that's a hundred fucking tweets long. Mm-hmm. Usually, the person who has time. Yeah. Now a lot of us have more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So real, you know, there's more eyes who can like critically think when it comes to like some of the shit yeah. that people are offering us mm-hmm. in online spaces. So like you, you gonna be called out. So you better stop pretending. Stop pretending. Yeah. Stop, stop it. Stop pretending. Stop and stop pretending. going outside. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stop going outside. Stop going outside, yo. Stop pretending that we are not supposed to be quarantining. Word. Stop pretending, yo. The virus is still out there. Numbers are still increasing. Death tolls are rising. Like, the per day death toll is rising. Yeah, the per day. You know, let's like take take it seriously. And it is not an easy virus to even survive. Yeah. It is does a lot to the body. I would assume mm-hmm. no one wants to go through that. Yeah, you know it's a it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Your lungs are not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like nah, like I don't mm-hmm. want that for anybody. Mm-hmm. Even for people who come to the other side of that. And now have antibodies, dope. But your body is now different. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, I'm sure, like we'll see in the next 20, 30 years, there are going to be like these after effects of being a coronavirus survivor. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way your body is just like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Let's get back to that dance. Like, no, it's just not. You know? So, yeah, let's pretending, yo. Let's stop fucking yeah. pretending. Let's be a little bit more of who we are. Or whatever, yeah. do whatever the fuck y'all want to do. I'm just saying, it's a good time. If there was ever a time to like, you know, be comfortable. Yeah, because maybe who you are is a pretender. <laughs> right? Maybe you are a pretender. Right? Maybe that's just who you are. Do what y'all want. I was just thinking, this feels like a good opportunity to like get down to the bottom of things. You know? It does. I want to add, stop pretending. But also, when you are transparent to the community it helps dismantle systems mm-hmm. it helps dismantle systems it mm-hmm. helps people see that there are different avenues and routes and ways to get to where you're going and mm-hmm. i think that's why when Roxanne gave tweeted like you know i might have lost my job, my job and yeah. i'm scared that mm-hmm. it like kind of was like oh it like affirmed me in a way that i needed at the yeah. moment and you know mm-hmm. because i we we work and do the show and we are like a lot of my life is about this show and I really really want this to be the thing mm-hmm. but also you know it is okay for me to like care about this job too right. <laughs> and want to keep it mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you know shit like that so like if you uh, are not a pretender in the sense of like maybe that's your identity like okay you know whatever but if you're not you will be helpful with dismantling a lot of thoughts and systems and ideas about success and productivity mm-hmm. and all of that stuff if you're a little more transparent right yeah i like that i like mm-hmm. that well i think we did a motherfucking show we did we did as always be sure to send us your t-mail at t with queen and j at gmail.com 
We are on the social meds. We're on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can always check out our website, T with Queen and J dot com. And give us donations. Oh, yeah. And send us your donations. Send mm-hmm. us your guac if you have it. Skrilla. Your guap with a P at the end, if that's how you get down. Send us mm-hmm. that too. Save the date for our Juneteenth virtual kickback. Again, that's going to be on June 19th from 9 to 11 p.m. Save the date for that shit. Send us your Black Girl Show and Tell submissions and all that good shit. Anything else? That is all, folks. All right, all right. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) What hashtag are you fucking with this week? This week, I'm fucking with the hashtag Ramadan Queerine. So I was introduced to this podcast. I mean, this podcast. I was introduced to this hashtag by the Inaho Uprising, the homies, the BBB, and Rob from the Inaho Uprising had a Bay of the Week, a Somali Muslim queer person who created this hashtag for queer Muslims to connect during the month of Ramadan. Dope. It's a really cute hashtag. I followed them on Instagram at Abdi Marudi. We'll have it in the show notes if you want to look at a Muslim look like a different kind of Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of like not being in that monolith or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're really fine. So, hashtag Ramadan queering. All right. I like that shit, yo. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are we going to go? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> this podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. Ow. We just need some help out here. It is so pitiful. Pitiful and shame that all these people out of here, they have over 3,000 people out of here with no home, no shelter. What are they going to do? What are we going to do? Take a look at all of this. Now what they going to do if the hurricane come again? All of us going to be flooded.